ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Thank you to all of you who have come here in this intense heat of the summer. It's a very good sign that you have come to hear and chant about Krishna despite the inconveniences. This whole material world is an inconvenience. If we hear about Krishna, we'll be free from all inconveniences forever. Anyway, please be patient and within course of time, we wish with your cooperation to make a suitable facility for all the devotees visiting here. There should be a beautiful temple for the most beautiful person, and in that temple there will be constant service of the Lord by many devotees, constant hearing and chanting about Krishna, study of the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. As much as possible, devotees should study the books of Srila Prabhupada and become learned. in the understanding of the science of krishna consciousness uh, i've personally yeah i've i've studied shila prabhupad's books now for uh, let me see 35 years and some devotees think that i'm quite learned but uh, probably because i've read quite a lot i realize how learned i am how not very learned i am but one thing i can say that whatever i've learned i understand one conclusion that Everything is in the holy name of Krishna. Rigveda ta samaveda yajurveda hi tarvanaha adhitas tena yenogtvam harir ityaksharadvayam. This is quoted in one of Shri Prabhupada's purports that one who chants the two syllables ha ri is understood to have studied all the Rigveda, all the Yajurveda, all the samaveda and all the atharvaveda so i trust all of you today have said the name hari at least even once if you haven't then you should so when we chant hari do or does all the knowledge of the vedas come in our mind what is the subject of the rigveda can you say what is described in the you don't know then how is it said that by chanting the name hari all the knowledge of the vedas is automatically acquired okay i'll now give a brief summary of the rigveda and then if you meet any big pundits you can tell them yes i know rigveda very well the subject of the rigveda is krishna it's also the subject of the yajurveda samaveda atharvaveda vedanta ramayana mahabharat and anything worth knowing in this world vedair as vedvyas says at the end of mahabharat vedai ramayana chaiva purane bharate tata adav madhye cha ante cha Hari Sarvatra Kirtan in all the shastras beginning middle and end the only subject is Krishna Kirtan glorification of Hari Adavantecha Madhecha beginning end and middle so ah uh, so then we may say well why study the shastra at all we should just chant the holy names that's right just chant Hare Krishna day and night and that's all there is to be done the holy name is the essence of all that be we may say well that's that's something we learn in the beginning it it take us 35 years to understand i thought that's something we learned in the beginning we learn that in the beginning and when we finally understand it then we've understood and then we can chant hari krishna day and night yeah so the question comes then why study shastra at all well, once shri la prabhupada said that philosophy is for fools 
which sounds like a very strange statement, because philosophy is a big intellectual subject. Who's going to discuss philosophy, not the uh, woman selling fish in the street? She talks fish, fishosophy. No, you can't translate that into Tamil. It's non-translatable. Well, it is, but the, the pun gets lost. Yeah, most people, they, they, they know fishosophy or foodosophy or genitalosophy or TVosophy, and that's about it. Fish, you could say like that, fish tattva, TV tattva. And actual tattvam, the actual tattva, the philosophy, the Bhagavad tattva, who will discuss that? Only very uh, exalted people. So why did Srila Prabhupada say that philosophy is for fools? Well, uh, it's, it's just like Srila Prabhupada is going all over the world, uh, teaching that there is a supreme controller, there is God, that uh, people think, they, 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 they don't consider that they're controlled, they think, I'm independent. Srila Prabhupada established, he, he made it clear to them that, you see, you, you can't control, you have to die, you don't want to die, so how can you say you're independent? You are controlled. You must accept that there is God, supreme controller. This Prabhupada was preaching. And the other main point he was preaching, you are not the body. The body is temporary, but the soul is eternal. Before the body that you are presently in existed, you existed. And this body that you now presently inhabit will soon cease to exist, but you will continue to exist. So Srila Prabhupada was preaching this all over the world. So this is for fools. The most intelligent among the fools can even start to consider this. But actually, anyone who's got any slight intelligence should understand that I'm not the body and there is God. But it is required to speak this to help elevate people's consciousness to the platform of understanding the purpose of life. Prabhupada said philosophy is for fools. Does that mean Srila Prabhupada was a fool? He was always speaking philosophy. He was speaking it to the fools and those who wanted to become intelligent, they would listen to him. It's just like the teacher in the class may be teaching you don't have in Tamil, whatever, ABC. It doesn't mean that the uh, teacher is on the level of ABC, but because the children are on that level, it's te- teaching them like that. And of course, the subject of Bhagavad Tattva, the understanding of the personality of Godhead, is vast. And in this material world, everyone has many doubts and misunderstandings. Reality is as it is, but our imagination is amazing. And not understanding what is actual reality, people imagine in so many ways what is reality. Some people think that this world has always existed, there is no creator. Some think that it has just come into being by chance from atoms. Uh, Some people think that nothing exists, it's all just an illusion. Some people think that uh, God is there and he wants us to eat all the animals. That's an essential part of their religion. In some religious systems, drinking wine is compulsory. So there are very strange ideas, but just to bring people to the right understanding, discussion of philosophy is necessary. Uh, We're all fools in this material world. We don't know Krishna, but through Shastra delivered by the Acharyas, we can, and the process given by them, we can understand Krishna. 
even after coming to devotional service, we may have so many doubts. Therefore, we need to understand philosophy. And there's another reason for devotees discussing Bhagavad Tadra, the philosophy of Bhagavan. Because Matchita Madgata Prana Bodhayanta Parasparam Katayanta Devotees take great pleasure in discussing mutually about Krishna. So, how do Krishna, he has his leela, he has various leelas, and nothing is separate from Krishna. So everything is to be seen in relation to Krishna. So devotees uh, discuss with each other how Krishna acts through his different energies. Parasya shakti vividhaiva shuyate swabhavaki jnana balakriyacha. Krishna has many energies. They're described in Shastra. They uh, act just according to his wish. These energies of knowledge, of power, uh, his energies of activity, all. So devotees see in everything there is Krishna. So in, in discussion of philosophy for fools, that means that they're just putting their own thoughts, what they think might be right, and, and straightening that all out. In, in other words, people have misconceptions, and we speak to them philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, and then they become free of their misconceptions. And we may also have doubts, so we discuss the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita and we become free from our doubts. But there's another level of discussion of philosophy in which the devotees, who they don't have doubts about Krishna, but they delight in discussing about Krishna. So we can chant Hare Krishna day and night, that is the ultimate. But discussion about Krishna is as good as chanting the names of Krishna. And uh, that is certainly required for those who are not uh, full in knowledge of Krishna, uh, understanding of Krishna, along with chanting, they must hear about who is Krishna. Otherwise, for instance, they might, they might be chanting Hare Krishna and thinking, uh, Krishna's main job is to help me repay my debts quickly. He's looking up, where is the fan? This gentleman just came, he's looking up, where is the fan? <laughs> Please excuse the inconvenience. We have decided to live like this without electricity so that we can better appreciate the cooling effect of hearing and chanting about Krishna, how it cools the soul. Our hearts are blazing with anxiety. Sangsara bijanale dibanishihi ajale juraite na Narotanda says this, uh, we are burning in the poisonous fire of material life. Day and night we are burning in this fire. We can't become and we can't find any means to get free from that. If we put a fan, then we may have some relief for the body, but there's no relief for the soul. That relief for the soul is Golokera Premadhan Harinama Sankirtan. The uh, the the wealth of the love of Golok, love of Krishna. That is Harinam Sankirtan. So to know who is Krishna, we must hear who is the Krishna. Who is Krishna? We are calling out Hare Krishna. Who is Krishna? Krishna is that person who uh, is the source of all love and beauty eternally. We call out to Krishna that we, Oh Krishna, may I I be engaged in your eternal transcendental service. So hearing and chanting about Krishna should go on side by side. There is a story, one lady, or not lady exactly, some village woman had... uh, gone to the forest for collecting firewood. So she made a huge bundle of sticks. And with great effort, she placed it on her head. 
and she was walking through the forest and feeling it was very heavy and she was feeling very tired. And then she stumbled and the bundle of firewood fell down. And she she didn't know what to say. She didn't have any more strength to lift it up on her head. And in distress she called out, Govinda, Govinda, Govinda. Just like when you, yeah. So, uh, then Govinda appeared and said, yes, what do you want? She said, oh, just help me put this pile of firewood on my head again. So just like when you go to Tirupati, you hear people call out, Govinda, Govinda, Govinda. But we shouldn't call out for Govinda, help me to, uh, please help me to uh, have more material troubles, that we should not pray. We're praying to Govinda to help us be relieved from our material distress. But we don't know that in so doing, we're actually praying for more material distress. Because with material, so-called material happiness, there always comes material distress. When we're fully convinced that my only benefit, my only true benefit is in complete surrender to Krishna without any personal motive, then we can actually chant Hare Krishna with feeling. So this should be understood and preached very widely. Some people, they are appreciating this. You are all coming in the heat to participate in our program here. We don't have much to offer you from the material point of view. From the material point of view, uh, some movie on TV that you could have stayed at home and watched would be probably more exciting. But because you have some you're fortunate, you have some taste for hearing and chanting about Krishna. You come here. Our program is very simple. We chant Hare Krishna. We talk about Krishna from Bhagavad Gita. And we distribute Krishna Prasad. No gorgeous arrangement is required for this. And now we see in Chennai, they've made these water parks. And sometimes they, in the city, they bring this fair, this, you know, this with the Mm, giant wheel and so many things. But our program is very simple. You come here and sit and listen and then you chant Hare Krishna and take some prasad. Whatever simple prasadam we have to give. But everyone can be fully satisfied by this. Otherwise, why are you coming? We don't have anything to uh, offer you. We're not going to give you, just like in the political rallies, they bring people from the village and they pay them for coming. We're not going to pay you for coming. If you like to give some donation, we'll accept it. <laughs> so why are you coming? There's some taste in Krishna Bhakti, is there not? Something that cannot be explained in material terms. We have nothing material to offer you. We are offering simply the spiritual happiness of Krishna Bhakti. So this is the real thing for which we are hankering for, life after life. People are watching different programs on TV, 125 channels, they're going to such a long distance to earn money, going all the way to America. They uh, they have so many different computer games. Someone's entering politics and trying to become a very powerful person. But what is the point of it all? Ultimately, everyone is looking for Krishna. When they turn on their TV, they're, they're, what are they looking for? They're looking for some rasa, from some, some juice, some pleasure. When they're, they're working hard to earn money, ultimately they want to get some pleasure out of it. Even the dog, he's digging in the ground like this, very busy, important work. He's looking, uh, ultimately everyone's looking for where is some pleasure. But we simply want to inform people that pleasure is only in Krishna. It's natural and simple pleasure. And it can give, only this can give full satisfaction to the soul. So we'll also be digging in the ground here soon. But not like the dogs digging. It's for building a temple for Krishna. 
the most important building. No buildings in Salem are important. They're all built for sense gratification. But this building will be built for the pleasure of Krishna. So just now, not so many people know about this bliss of Krishna consciousness. But the purpose of building this temple is to attract more and more people to join in this chanting Hare Krishna. And that should spread from here throughout the city of Salem and in all the towns and villages around, so that everyone is happy chanting Hare Krishna. Already people are coming from different villages. Very, we see they're very happy chanting Hare Krishna. People can actually become happy by chanting Hare Krishna. It doesn't matter whether one is rich or poor, sophisticated city person or simple village person, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to be Hindu by background or Brahmin by background. Every person can take to this chanting of Hare Krishna. And they will become happy because that is the natural function of the soul. So, as you are now experiencing the happiness of Krishna consciousness, uh, we request you to help spread that to every town and village Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Prithivite Ache Jatanagaradigram Sabatra Pracha Hoibe Marana. This chanting of the holy names will spread to every town and village in the world. Well, not everyone can go all over the world, but in your own area, you please help spread this chanting of Hare Krishna. In your street, in your neighborhood, some people can go out to the villages, distribute Srila Prabhupada's book, call people together to chant Hare Krishna, distribute Krishna Prasadam. And just uh, when the people see that our devotees are so happy and pure by chanting Hare Krishna, then they will also want to join. So soon the work is scheduled to begin for this big temple. And then the whole uh, outlook of people on our movement here, that will also change. People will start to think, oh, this is a very big thing. Actually, it's already a very big thing. Krishna is already the biggest. It doesn't matter. Even if only one person comes, still Krishna is bigger than anyone. Our movement is bigger than any political party in Tamil Nadu. Our movement is bigger than any so-called religious movement in Tamil Nadu. Because Krishna is the biggest. But people will start to recognize, oh, big temple, very important. But we should preserve this mood of uh, simple dependence on Krishna. It may be a big temple, but our program will, the basic program will remain the same. Simple hearing and chanting about Krishna and offering people Krishna Prasad. We don't want to become too sophisticated or bureaucratic. There should be a very big, gorgeous temple for Krishna. But we should always remain very simple and humble servants of Krishna. And that we can do by uh, continually chanting and hearing about Krishna and remembering that we are simply the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. Temple means there's opportunity for service. So many people will be needed for helping in cooking and cleaning and archan and so many activities. There will be many things to do. Already there are many things to do. Anyone wants any service, let us know. But always in the center of all activities, there must be chanting of the holy name of Krishna. Hearing and chanting about Krishna. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this place? No big question. Simple and straightforward. All right, then we'll chant Hare Krishna. 12.30 is Arati. How many years? How many years will it take to build the temple? About three years is projected. It's projected three years for the temple and uh, other 
subsidiary buildings that will take some more time. That depends on various factors also. Generally, whatever estimate of time is given for any work, it generally takes longer whenever anyone gives any estimate. Sometimes they do it on time and sometimes even quicker. But generally, it's longer than projected. The uh, the time estimate is given just if everything goes okay. But in this material world, generally things don't go okay. There may be so many disturbances. You can't tell. You know, there can be uh, severe weather disturbances. There could be... You know, Riots in the city, that workers could go on. Anyway, I don't, we don't want these to happen, but I'm just giving some examples. <laughs> the, uh, in the flow of uh, funds, that's a major factor. We don't know where the funds are coming from exactly. We know that Krishna will send, but Krishna, he likes to put his devotees into anxiety also, just to see how much dedicated they are to serving him. So, let us see. <laughs> yeah, actually we won't find him we won't find Krishna mentioned in the Rig Veda hardly. What's the next line? I, I lost the last line. Vishnu Tat Paramampadam. Vishnu is mentioned as the, the supreme uh, Krishna directly uh, may hardly be mentioned, but that is the subject. So, but it requires some expertise to understand that. But that is mentioned in the uh, Bhagavad Gita. Uh, Krishna says, in all the Vedas, I am the subject. Is just to give some rough, mundane example. Someone might be studying uh, civil engineering in the college. And when you're studying, you see they'll get, it'll just be a lot of mathematics will be there. But the, the idea is not simply to make some mathematics, but the idea is to build some structures, like building a bridge. So if you look at the book, you'll think, well, it's just a bunch of mathematics. But then if you understand the purpose, the purpose is for building bridges and dams and buildings and things like that. So the actual purpose and what's, uh, what, what, what is, what you see and what the actual purpose might be, they might seem to, for one who doesn't know the subject, there might seem to be no relationship. When you see a bridge, you think, well, it's a bridge. You don't know how much uh, thought and training has gone into the design and construction. But actually, if you just stop at the bridge and try to work out, like the, you know, the tensile strength of the steel that's used and all these kind of things, then uh, in one sense you may say, well, you know more, but then the real purpose is just to cross the bridge and get to the other side. So someone might spend their whole life just studying the bridge and someone just crosses the other, to the other side, which is, which is the real purpose of the bridge. So in the same way, if you study all the Vedas and you become very expert in all the different pronunciation and everything there, but you don't understand the real purpose is to worship Krishna. It's like someone who, they're very expert in, they can study all the different, uh, the, the, the theoretics or the theory of the bridge, but then they never cross it. So someone who just crosses the bridge, he's understood the purpose of the bridge. He may not know all the history of the bridge and the you know, how many tons of steel used in it? He may not know all these things. He doesn't need to, to, to get the purpose of the bridge. He just has to cross it. So then when we say you chant Hare Krishna, and then you immediately you got all the purpose of all the Vedas, it's just like that. All the Vedas simply point to the supremacy of Lord Sri Hari. 
and that we, the infinitesimal jivas, should serve him. And that the best way to do so is by chanting his name. So if we chant his names, then we got all the purpose of the Vedas. And if we study the Vedas all day and all night and chant them inside, upside down, left to right, but we don't chant Hare Krishna and understand that we're supposed to surrender to Krishna, then what benefit did we actually get? For people who don't understand this, we may have to, who, who think that the purpose of the Vedas is something else, we may have to explain that to them. For that purpose, we also have to know what is stated in the Shastra. Mm. Then, any other? Yeah. They are habituated to worshipping Ganesh. Yeah, so? Habituated to worshipping Ganesh throughout their lives before oh. starting any work. So, they are habituated uh, in worshipping Ganesh before starting a work. But how to now um, move to uh, worship Krishna? Then you study Bhagavad Gita. If we aren't, if we actually want to know what the purpose of life is, we should study Bhagavad Gita. You worship Ganesh throughout your whole life. When you die, you have to get born again. Ganesh cannot save you from birth and death. Only Krishna can save you from birth and death. So one has to be a little intelligent. That you can understand from Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is to be worshipped for the ultimate benefit. Some minor benefit is there from worshipping Ganesh. It's just like uh, in the old days, sometimes the uh, they engaged people for pulling boats up with a rope. They would pull it upstream against the current. So someone is pulling the boat upstream and the, he's going barefoot and it's very rough underneath his feet and it's very hot above his head. So if he thinks, well, if I'm lucky, they'll make the path smooth and then I can have some hat some to cover my head. So he might think like that. So the demigods, they can provide material benedictions by to lessen our suffering in this material world. But if he's really intelligent, he'll think, well, I can, better I stop this work altogether. And ah. I don't have to do it at all. So Krishna delivers us from this miserable condition of birth and death. So praying to the demigods for material benefits is like the man pulling the boat and wishing that the path underneath would be smooth and I would have some nice hat so I didn't suffer so much from the sun on my head. Udaharana. Yeah, it's an example. So, then? Each and every human knows that if we do any, something wrong, God will punish us. Even without uh, Well, that's what you say, but many people wouldn't agree with that. So, whatever question is to follow won't be meaningful because the premise is not correct. It's not that every human being, being believes that if we do wrong, God will punish us. That's what you're saying, but it's not true. Many people don't believe in God at all. So whatever question you're going to say will be meaningless because the premise is meaningless. All right, you can explain to him afterward his question.